0: This is McKinsey Recruiting, a podcast created to help you learn more about McKinsey and company. My name is Sydney Streets and I'm here to answer your questions about McKinsey Recruiting, show you what it's like to work for McKinsey and explain why when you leave, you're a McKinsey alum, not a former employee. In this episode, we'll learn more about the business analyst position, both the role and what it's like to go through the recruiting process. Up next is my conversation with Kelsey Schroeder, a business analyst, or BA for short, in the New York office, and Mark Baronson, the Senior Manager of North American Recruiting Operations and BA Professional Development. It's so great to be with you guys today. Thank you for meeting me and being on the podcast. Um, Today, I'm with Mark Berenson and Kelsey Schroeder, and we're talking about uh, the business analyst role both recruiting for it and being a BA, being a business analyst. I'd love to start off talking about your guys' journey to the firm. Mark, can we start with you?
1: Sure, Cindy. I am a pleasure to be joining you for this. So I joined the firm as a business analyst a long time ago, uh, 2004. And um, I, I went to Rice University down in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. I was an econ and poly major. And honestly, in going into my senior year, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up. <laughs> um, I sometimes like to say I still don't know what I, I like <laughs> to do when I grew up, but I'm not sure how much I can say that credibly. But you know, looked at a whole bunch of different opportunities, got drawn to consulting based off of uh, really the this breadth of work that I would be get to do, and also the sort of people I get to work with. And so I kind of was like, sure, I'll throw my hat in the ring, I was excited about it. Went on through the, the application process, was fortunate enough to get invited to interview, and then ultimately received an offer to to join our Boston office. Uh, which is a bit of an interesting one, right? I grew up in Washington, D.C., and for me, I, I was drawn to Boston by, by the smaller size of it and the breadth of the sort of work that we could do there, mm-hmm. um, and, and was just excited to, to be in Boston. So came on up, went to Boston, as I was expected, did this great hodgepodge of work in, in my first few years as a BA, then um, decided I wanted to stay at the firm, as a first as a senior BA and then as an associate. And kind of what kept me here was I looked at doing a whole bunch of things outside of the firm. But really, when I looked at what would I be doing at the firm versus at other places, I was more excited about it. And so that kept me here through becoming an EM. And actually left for a year and a half to go work in the federal government. Um, had a neat opportunity to go uh, work at a, a former client of mine. Uh, did that great experience. Also knew I wanted to come on back. Mm-hmm. Came on back to the firm, continued as a consultant. And then I'd always been involved with recruiting, and, and in particular, the BA program. I'd led a bunch of our sources. And about five years ago, had the opportunity to take over leading uh, the business analyst program in North America, uh, both recruiting and professional development. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, as I joke, it's a crazy, grave perspective I take on our <laughs> business analyst. And it's just such a fun group of colleagues that, that I get to get to work with.
0: Awesome. Kelsey, how about you? How did you find yourself at McKinsey? Yeah, so I studied math and computer
2: science at Stanford, was very much sort of on the technical track as a lot of folks are. I spent my summers before I joined the firm working in data science at a couple of different startups and really enjoyed the experience. I think heard about consulting through a professor I had who suggested it, and in learning about the field, I think a couple things stood out to me. One was the opportunity to work on teams and to be you know, in a room with a lot of smart people at the whiteboard, solving cool problems. Um, that was something that I was really excited about. And then the other thing was the opportunity to take my love for problem solving, which I had from you know, my math background and um, and working in computer science and data science, and then translating that to this conceptual problem solving, thinking about some really impactful problems that our clients face, and being able to, you know, really have impact on these on these big problems beyond just the feature in a specific website or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's what got me interested in consulting to begin with. And then I went through the process on campus of learning about the different firms, um, ultimately found a great home with McKinsey, and I've been at the firm now for two years. I spent the first couple of years doing what they call the random walk around mm-hmm. here. So yeah did all kinds of work from uh, digital to financial services to consumer, did some design work, whole kind of hodgepodge of things. And now I'm a senior BA focused on the future of work, which is all about how digitization and automation are changing the way organizations run and how work is done, and then how skills and roles are
0: expected to change going forward. That's fascinating. One thing I'd love to hear more about, and I think often, you know, students on campus are curious about, so we talk about these big problems that we're working on. When it comes to a a specific project, what parts of that study that you mentioned Mm -hmm. are you working on, or versus other folks, and and how does that work? Like, what are Mm -hmm. you doing as a BA? Yeah, absolutely. So, as Folks probably hear a lot. I think the BA role
2: varies quite a bit depending on the project, which yeah. I know is probably an un- unsatisfying <laughs> answer. I know I was pretty frustrated by that when I was doing recruiting. Um, it is true. I think in, in, in although it does vary, I can give a couple of examples. Yeah, so great. one of the studies that I did, as mentioned, we were creating this advanced analytics enabled workflow for analysts. So. My team was half data scientists, half generalist BAs and associates, Um, and we were taking a look at this process that had currently been done by people, by analysts at this company, and then building this predictive algorithm that we were going to layer on to what the analyst was doing. And so while the data scientists were building this engine, my job was to take a look at the new workflow, so which parts of the job we could have the algorithm do which parts of the job the analysts really needed to be there for and to layer on their expertise and kind of how those two worlds would would move together. So on a daily basis, that looked for me like a lot of interviews with clients, understanding how they do the job today, observing Mm -hmm. them, did a lot of problem solving with my team, as I mentioned, kind of up at the whiteboard, drawing out the different workflows, how could this work, and then some supporting analysis, whether that was in Excel and Alteryx or doing some external research on how these things are done elsewhere, talking to experts about how they'd seen it
1: done. And I think one thing that's just uh, important about what Kelsey was saying is, as we think about the role of the business analyst, it's no different than the role of the associate on a mm-hmm. team. That it's not the, you're the BA who's in the back corner, you know, and just plugging away at the computer. You're owning something just as we have uh, an associate do.
0: Yeah, that's very helpful. How much does, like, what you're doing on a daily basis vibe with what you thought it was during the recruiting mm-hmm. process? Were there any anything that you learned or... Any misconceptions that you had when you were still a student? Yeah, I think a couple stick out to me. One is, to Mark's point that he just made,
2: actually, just the amount of ownership you get as a, you know, BA right out of college. This is my first real job, right? And so I came in kind of expecting to be the, you know, coffee getter, and I'll just take <laughs> notes in the back of the meeting, Yeah, and, you know, this cool problem solving is going on, but, like, I'll just sort of hang back. And I think very quickly, you realize that McKinsey is the sort of place that, will challenge you and give you opportunities to move outside your comfort zone, but in the environment that's really supportive, that provides a lot of coaching, which I think is a really amazing sweet spot that um, I've experienced here. Uh, and I think that goes from, I remember as a first year BA being on a project where there was an approach that a couple of the partners had come up with and I came onto the project, they are like, okay, we think we'll do it this way. And I had worked with some colleagues in our design practice in the past on a more kind of user-centric approach, and I came and I said, "Hey, I actually think we could do it this way, and I think that would be really cool, and the clients could really enjoy it, and we could, you know, get a better answer that mm-hmm. way." And the partners were like, "Okay, great, like run with it." And so that involved me really like leading the client workshops and bringing everyone together. So I think the level of ownership was definitely surprising. And then the one other thing I would call out is just the McKinsey Network. This is less about kind of like the day-to-day job, but one thing that I heard a lot in recruiting was, you know, the network is so amazing. When I heard networking as a college student, I just thought of like slimy, like trying to shake as many hands as possible, like how do I get all the business cards? Right. Um, It was like really not a fan of that term, but I think coming here, that's been one of the things that has stood out the most in that from kind of my analyst class, who I started out with, so the BAs who I did training with, like we're a really, really close cohort and have been become some of my closest friends in New York, mm-hmm. um, all the way to some of the partners I've worked with who are real mentors to me and provide opportunities. I just bumped into someone in the hallway recently who. I had worked with just for a couple weeks, like a year prior. We were just catching up. I was saying I was interested in working internationally, and he was like, oh, I actually have a friend who's a partner in the Australia office. You should get in touch. And then I ended up working there for two months. Um, <laughs> so those sorts of opportunities you get just from the people you work with and everyone's kind of eagerness to really help each other out, I think is really special about this place. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's right. And what I think is 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 so often, you know, the view is, hey, McKinsey has, whatever, has 34,000 employees right now. Mm. It doesn't feel that way at all. Mm. You know, even in uh, you know, in New York, which is our biggest office in the U.S., uh, when I come here, I'm based in Washington D.C. I'm walking down the hall, coming back from grabbing a snack. I run into two BAs who I taught in training totally. a few years ago, and that's much more the feel of the firm, not this you know, thirty thousand person <laughs> right. organization.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. It sounds like to some extent you've kind of narrowed in on what you're most interested in, Mark. I'd love to hear from your perspective. How should BAs think about specialization, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, I think it's one where there's a lot of, uh, to use Kelsey's word, ownership on this one. This is not one like uh, you need to declare your major by the second Tuesday of September of your sophomore year. Mm -hmm. It's much more when you join the firm, you might know what you want to do, and you might want to focus on it, and that's great. Uh, way, way down the road, if you stayed around, you become an engagement manager, you become a partner, you need to be known for something, right? When along that journey from coming to the firm to you are uh, you, to you're a partner, does that specialization take place? Really varies based off of the individual mm-hmm. And I think you often end up, Uh, stumbling into it when you realize hey there are a bunch of people who I really enjoy working with they're really excited to work with me they're giving me some really cool opportunities and you're like great you know and you wake up one day not having taken this this massive plan of like I'm going to focus on this but you're like I guess I am and I'm excited about it totally
2: (laughs) yeah I think it's the sort of thing where I, I don't know if other folks felt this way but for me going through school you know you go to like growing up you go to high school you go to college you declare a major there's always kind of that next thing and there's a very clear blueprint for what to do next and I think coming coming up to graduation you have this like big wide world of all these things you can do and while that's really exciting I think it can also be really scary mm-hmm. and one of the things that I really appreciated about coming in as a business analyst was the just breadth of things that I could explore. And I knew that I could both advance my skill set and really learn a lot of transferable skills while also exploring a lot of things. And to Mark's point, really kind of stumbled on the thing that I was really excited about and was able to discover a passion that way. But I think it's a great fit, even if you you know have if you have a clear idea of what you want, awesome, you can go ahead and do that right away. And if not, it's a great opportunity to build skills along the way and try out a lot of different things.
1: Yeah, and that's very much how we've designed the Business Analyst Program, right? The idea is that first year or so, it's really build that consultancy. Toolkit, and you might do that through uh, you know the random walk or you might do that in a more focused way but as you start to become a, a senior business business analyst the question is really what's it that you want to do mm-hmm. is it focusing on a particular topic is a uh, focusing on industry is it going to a different geography is it you know leaving the firm and doing an external secondment we want to kind of create that flexibility for you to figure out what's the right path for you
0: mm-hmm Kelsey, you were also a recruiting ambassador this past winter. I'd love to hear more about kind of how you made the decision to get more involved with recruiting. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, recruiting is one of my favorite things that I do at McKinsey. I think largely because it gives an opportunity to just meet a lot of phenomenal candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, we have so many fantastic people coming through the doors, whether it's to info sessions or to interviews. And um, a lot of what I did as a recruiting ambassador and I'm still involved with is helping folks kind of talk through their thought process as they're approaching info sessions and interviews and you know whether consulting is something that could be right for them, whether yeah. McKinsey is a place that could be right for them. And I find it to be a real privilege to be able to have those types of conversations with people and hopefully help them navigate a little bit as, as they think about that process and also I think calm calm the nerves, hopefully. (laughs) I remember sitting on the couch waiting to interview uh, when I was interviewing for my position at McKinsey and being so nervous and then having a current business analyst on the couch as well be like, hey, how's it going? You know, have some candy. It's going to be great. We're excited to have you here. Um, So it's really fun to be able to, now that roles have reversed, play that role again now. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I I try and do that sometimes when I'm interviewing and just sitting down and then they're like five minutes and they realize, hold on, you're actually interviewing me like <laughs> uh, that doesn't work so well so take advantage of it while you still can. <laughs> totally.
0: What are I'm curious about what are some of the questions that you got this past winter um, from recruits that are, you know, thinking about joining us? Hmm. Anything that was surprising or uh, or very common? Mhm.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of questions sort of in two groups. There's I typically get a lot of questions around McKinsey and the culture and the role and yeah. what it's like to really work here. I think People have a lot of different ideas of what it, what it means to come and work at McKinsey. For me, I frankly hadn't heard of McKinsey before I started the recruiting process. So it was all very new, but I think because also we have this opportunity for BAs to do all these different kinds of things, you mm-hmm. can hear about all different sorts of experiences that happen here, but got a lot of questions around you know, what is the BA role like? What is it? What is the culture like? I think one thing that I heard sometimes was folks being nervous about, particularly, you know, a consulting firm in New York feeling kind of like buttoned up and maybe like kind of competitive and that sort of thing. Um, Have you found that to be Definitely, you know, that was a worry of mine. I think coming in, uh, a lot of my friends work in tech and there it's like very blatantly, you know, we're in jeans, we're playing ping pong. And I was worried that this was going to be like the big bad wolf like coming in and haven't found that at all and I think it's pretty clear to folks as they're you know sitting on the interview couch with some other BAs just kind of talking about life that that becomes (laughs) becomes less clear get a lot of questions about the process itself and how best to prepare and we can probably talk a bit more about this but I think a lot of uh there's a wide range of people coming into the process there's some who have known they want to do consulting for a long time yeah and you know know the ins and outs of the process and they've practiced interviews a lot all these things and then there's the folks like me who like really didn't know what consulting was and so are coming into the process not knowing very much. And I think for anyone who's thinking about the role, whether you are coming in knowing everything or know very little, I think the the key for me, In my view of kind of preparing for the interview process is to get comfortable with the format and understand what a case interview looks like and what the what the process looks like but the reality is you can't really prepare for what you're gonna what you're gonna get you know you can't read the case beforehand you don't know exactly what it's gonna be so i think it's all about getting comfortable with what the format is so you're Mm -hmm. not surprised by that and then when you're in there like your your interviewer is is rooting for you and trying to solve this problem together so we would approach it as uh, I don't know like a fun exercise to work with another person on solving an interesting problem together
0: yeah, yeah. And, and how many interviews have you done
1: I think it's north of 600 <laughs> at this point <laughs> I, uh, a lot um, No, and I think to, to Kelsey's point there I want to have a great conversation with someone and learn how they think and the the folks who come on in over prepared that's just kind of is a barrier that i need to kind of break through Mm -hmm. and i will like it's fine right and we'll get to what we want to see of like how do you approach a problem how do you truly think about something but know that that's what we're trying to do so memorizing a whole bunch of frameworks right Mm -hmm. thinking that you're going to tell me what i want to hear that's not what what it is i want to know how are you actually thinking how are you approaching this problem
0: i mean of course folks can also look at the resources we have on our website but I think that's the the clutch of it. Mark, I'd love to hear from you a, a little bit about the roles that we recruit from undergraduate colleges and universities, just to touch on like what else we're recruiting for, of course,
1: so. Uh, when I when I joined the firm, the, there was really one role that you could join the firm in uh, as an undergraduate, as a business analyst. And that role is still out there and it's a, a great role. But as the firm has become more diverse in the co- set of colleagues that we have, we've also really increased the diversity of the sort of hiring that we do. And so there's a lot more that we now have a focus on on what we refer to as campus tech. Um, and, and that's where uh, you will be coming on in to use not just uh, core problem solving, but some actual knowledge that you bring to bear, whether it's from being a data scientist, whether it's you're a uh, you know computer science and coding, uh, we do a lot more of that recruiting as well. I think what's interesting is I've had many conversations. I'm sure, Kelsey, you have, especially with Stanford students, on this whole question of, "Gosh, I'm not sure which path I want to go down. I'm not sure if I want to go down this tech path or I want to go down consulting." Mm-hmm. And I say like, you can kind of get both of them here, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And that, that I think is one of the really exciting things about about those sorts of roles. And then there's some other roles that are much more sort of specialized. Um, so if you want to be coming on in in cybersecurity, there are now roles that really can let you focus on that. And if you want to know that you you're you're joining with a particular focus, you can join our operations practice or our digital practice, and kind of right from that get-go, kind of have that opportunity to to focus on.
0: Kelsey, earlier you mentioned working on teams that both had integrative consultants and other folks. Can you talk a little bit more about like what that's like and and mm-hmm. how different folks work together? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think this has been. Uh, I feel like I joined McKinsey at a really exciting time in the firm because Mark can probably speak to how this has evolved over time. But coming in, I feel like this is a moment where McKinsey has brought in a lot of new capabilities and is really integrating those capabilities on our core problem-solving teams, which is really exciting. So I've worked on a number of teams actually that have um, some either data scientists, software engineers, specialists, designers these kind of hybrid teams that are not the traditional, you've got a manager and then a bunch of consultants going at a problem. Um, And I find it really exciting because it really opens your eyes to new problem-solving approaches. I think for a lot of areas, there's ways that McKinsey has typically approached the problem that can be really effective and and really awesome. But there's also these other ways of looking at it, like a design thinking perspective, where instead of our classic sort of top-down, this is our hypothesis, let's test it, all of a sudden you're doing a more Bottom up, we're going to interview a lot of people and be a little bit less targeted in our questions to really understand what their underlying motivations are and then kind of use that to construct our answer. So that's been really neat for me to see some of these uh, different problem solving approaches come together on a team. Mm -hmm. And then I'd say, just as a BA on these teams, it's really fun because I think you get to sample a little bit of the different experiences and skill sets that others have. So um, you'll be at a team dinner where you've got a designer and a data scientist and a bunch of, generalist consultants who come from a variety of backgrounds. And those conversations are just so much fun because you get people who you know have all kinds of experience. Oftentimes, you you'll run into people who just yeah, they have experiences that you could never even imagine. Like I had someone who was talking about how he designed like you know the better chair, and this was something he spent like a year on. And it was like his thesis, and I'm like, wow, like I have no idea how to do that. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah,
0: I want to um, know more about the better chair. I know.
2: I mean, these chairs we're sitting in now are, are reasonably comfortable, As but well. I think his was like out of this world. So. Um, a lot of really cool conversations come out of
1: that too. It adds to like the richness of the experience, I'd say. And what's neat now, as a business analyst, is the the set of tools that you have at your disposal. You know, like when when I was a BA, it was you had Microsoft Excel, mm-hmm. and if you're really fancy, you had Microsoft Access, right? Like that was like oh. advanced analytics <laughs> so using Microsoft Access. And now the breadth of tools that both you have access to yourself, Kelsey, but also the the colleagues that you can uh, get help from, get support from totally. to really be able to solve the problem in a totally different mm-hmm. way than, than we would have historically.
2: Yeah. The one last thing I'd highlight on that, which has been fun for me, is that sometimes as... We bring on these new capabilities and we have increased kind of collaboration tools. You'll have your team that's sitting with you in person, but then you're also working with team members who are around the world, who are providing expertise or different capabilities. And that's been really fun for me. I recently worked with a team from Costa Rica who had experience with different benchmarkings of like corporate functions. That was their thing. Mm-hmm. And so we worked closely with their team and got their expertise and I worked with an analyst on that team who then ended up like six or eight months later in the New York office for a training <laughs> through McKinsey and we had stayed in touch because we'd worked together closely over the phone and over text and you know over email and then she came to New York and brought like Costa Rican coffee we got to meet there and yeah. it's definitely on my list to go visit her in Costa Rica. I feel like that's the better trade. We'll see. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of fun to also meet colleagues from around the world, and I think that's increasingly common now that we have these new capabilities, because you have these centers of excellence or
0: these pockets of expertise really scattered around the world. It's been really interesting to hear about your experience. How common do you think it is, or do you think, you know, as international and varied an experiences you've had is mm-hmm. is it rare or are lots of other BAs here in New York having similar experiences? Good question. I, when I
2: think about the class that I joined with, as I mentioned, we're all really close now. People's paths take so many different directions. And I think that's one of the things that's really special about this place. I have a number of friends who have worked abroad and really enjoyed it. I've had a number of friends who said, you know, I really found the topic I love and it's in New York and that's what I want to do. People who are now on external secondments where they're working somewhere else for a Mm -hmm. bit and coming back. Um, So I think the experiences are really varied, but the place allows you to, if you have this sense of ownership of, we talk a lot about this term, make your own McKinsey and what's your McKinsey. And I think, Folks have really taken advantage of that in my class, whether that's, you know, whatever that is that they want to do. Being able to seek out those opportunities and knowing that people here are really eager to help you find the opportunities that are most exciting for you has meant, like, a really exciting journey for me and for a lot of my classmates as well.
0: Mark, what would you say are some of, like, the pieces of infrastructure that are in place to help that happen?
1: Sure. So at the start of it, uh, at the the office level, you have... A professional development manager um, whose full-time job is looking after your and some of your colleagues professional development what is your path through the firm and at the that, that can range from on the most tactical side the you helping you figure out what are the studies that you're going to be doing but it's much more than that. It's much more, what's that bigger picture? What's your journey that you're on? Uh, a BA who was uh, leaving us to go off to school pretty much wrote the thank you note that was like, you're a little bit of everything, right? You're my mom, you're my therapist, right? And like, and that is really like that, the, that range of roles, but that, that they're the, this partner for you on your developmental journey. You also have a development group leader or a DGL. Don't ask what development group leader actually means, just let's gloss over that one. But they are a partner or a junior partner whose role is to help with your, and kind of codify your evaluation process on a semi-annual basis, uh, but also kind of to be that other thought partner for you, can sometimes even turn into a mentor for you as you're, as you're going along on these journeys. So that's kind of some of the, the at the most uh, on the ground level. Then there are a number of firm programs that exist to kind of support this. We've talked some about secondments, and just uh, as this is certainly a buzzword that probably means nothing or means everyone has their own idea. Right. For us a secondment is go work somewhere outside of the firm for up to two years while maintaining a connection with the firm. And we have a, uh, a colleague whose whole job it is to kind of help facilitate these processes. We also have a whole team that supports mobility. So uh, whether if you're interested not just in doing a study overseas, but if you want to go as a as a business analyst and spend six months a year working overseas, there's a whole team that can kind of help support that as well. So those are some of the resources that are out there.
0: Um, given this is a recruiting podcast, I'd love to get back to um, some of these questions that I know folks at home likely have. So one question that I get a ton is around, you know, what should I do to make myself stand out through the recruiting process? And I think this is in particular important to folks when they're getting um, decisions are being made on initial interviews. Any advice you would give?
1: So let me start with advice I would suggest not following. Don't go with a distinctive resume, right? Like if you want to have a resume that is like multicolored and you think that's going to help you stand out, it's not, right? <laughs> if you're a designer and you're applying for a design role, that makes perfect sense. But uh, let's uh, let's assume that that's the not the case. Pink text here. is not P- going to get you. Pink text does not help. Um, it might make it harder to read. So, so don't don't try and be distinctive in the in the content there. Um, for better or worse, and I certainly think this is a fair side. Uh, the firm re- treats the uh, uh, the initial review of resumes in as meritocratic as a way as possible. So it's really about what's that content that's on the resume. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and and so I think there are, there are two sort of questions here. One would be, what are all the things that I should be doing so I have the great content on my resume? right? And then the other one is, okay, I've done all these great things. How do I make sure that you realize how awesome of a person I am? On the first side of it, in terms of the what's the actual content on it, um, what I would just say is the firm looks for leadership. That is one of the things more than anything that we care about. And that can take on any number of forms. Mm-hmm. This isn't about titles, right? So if you just write, I'm president of Club X and I'm president of Club Y, I don't care. Right. It's about real leadership where you kind of have actually done things. And that can be in a role or can also just be in, in, uh, in other other activities that you're involved with. Um, so I think that's one from a content side of really playing up and focusing on what's your leadership background. And then in terms of just how do I message all of this, again, it's not about the titles. It's much more about, tell us about what you've accomplished. What did you do as when you were a member of this club? Uh, why? Did, you know, what was your summer work? What did you accomplish? I, I don't care that you worked at some great name organization. I care about what did you actually do there. Mm-hmm. I'm far more excited about the person who's worked someplace I've never heard of who did great things than the person who became great at using a copy machine at some great organization. (laughs) Uh And so really bring that to life and tell us what was it that you actually did. I think that's helpful. Any tips you'd give, Kelsey?
2: Yeah, the only thing I'd add is one question I get often on campus from particularly younger folks is what can I do to prepare myself for McKinsey? You know, What is the right thing for me to spend my time on, whether it's on campus or over the summers? And I think, again, this is probably a frustrating answer, but there is no right answer. And I, I want to emphasize that because I think sometimes, per to Mark's point, people think that they need to, you know, work somewhere with a particular type of brand name or they need to take a, a, a particular set of classes. I mean, the profiles we bring in as business analysts and as associates and in these other roles are so varied. And I think the people that I get most excited to work with and to see throughout the, the recruiting process is people who are doing what they really enjoy doing and having impact in, in that and are excited to talk about it. And whether that's, you know, touring as a flute player or working in a finance internship, like there are a lot of different
1: ways to do that. Um, so it wouldn't limit yourself in that regard. Yeah, and this point around passion is key because uh, time and time you can tell the people who are doing things to, to feel that they're checking some sort of metaphorical box. It, you know, if you end up talking about that in our interview process, it's, it's apparent. It's also, you're never going to see people at their best when they're doing things in that mindset mm-hmm. versus it's, I'm doing something because I'm excited about this because I'm passionate about it. That's going to lead to all the things that we want to see.
0: That makes a ton of sense to me. And yeah, I get the question about specific classes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ad that I, I'll put in here is around cover letters. Folks often ask mm. about that. And so you can skip it. Please, <laughs> please, please skip, skip it. it. Yeah. Please take
1: 30 more minutes and sleep. Yes. Um, it's not, if there's something that you feel you need to be communicating to us, have an email, have a conversation with a recruiter. Uh, don't don't feel the need to, to write a cover letter. Yeah, I think that's important to say.
0: Because yeah, often I'm like, you've been spending a ton of time writing this thing No need. Okay, so no cover letters, that's helpful to know. How should folks think about office preferences? So I know that you can select one through three. Mark, how'd you think about it? How do you advise people to think about this decision?
1: So I think the number one thing you should be thinking about is where do you wanna start your professional career? Where do you wanna live? That is going to have far, far more impact on your happiness and life satisfaction than the questions of more related to to the work side of it, so that's where I would start this question of where do I want to live, and that could be based off of any factors you want. It can be based off of friends, it can be based off of weather, it could be based off of family, any of those sorts of things. Then once you've got that down, you might know okay, I've zeroed in on, on it. Cleveland's where I want to uh, go from up where I want to live. Mm-hmm. If you might also say, gosh, you know, really, anywhere in the Northeast is great then I think it's worth starting to ask yourself some questions about uh what size office do you want what sort of work do you want to do and start to get to know people our offices do have different feels to them it's not a like there's a good feeling office and a bad feeling office but just like you know in Harry Potter. How all of the houses have a different (laughs) feel to them. It's the same thing with our offices. Sure. And so getting to know people in them and kind of asking yourself, look, within this region or within the entire country, because I don't really care, what's the one that I kind of feel the most comfortable with?
0: Kelsey, how do you think about office preferences?
2: Yeah, I think very similar, similarly to what Mark mentioned. It's really about where you want to be, where you want to live. I think that that takes the cake in this case. There's some certain offices will have types of work that are more common. So you might see more tech work on the West Coast, for instance, you might see more healthcare banking work in New York. so sometimes that can play in when you're starting off and you're building your toolkit, you might do more work in those types of areas. But what I found is, out of any office, you can really do any type of work that you mm-hmm. want to do. And so I would say, while there is a little bit of a bend, it's, you know, the world is your oyster in terms of what sorts of work you want to do. For me, I grew up in New Jersey. I went to school in California. And so I was kind of torn between New York and then Silicon Valley and San mm-hmm. Francisco. Ultimately for me, the ability to be close to family, I ended up g- going the, the New York direction and haven't looked back since. But uh, I think it's to, to Mark's point really about where you want to be and um and What place in the country is going to make you happiest?
0: I think that this isn't particularly important for folks who are location agnostic to think through. So, you know, even if you do want to be or can be anywhere, I think it's important to have the exercise to think about okay. Of McKinsey's, you know, over 110 locations, where would I narrow that down to? It really helps us with our process. You know, we, it's hard for us to put you up for every single location; it doesn't really work that way. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and on the flip side, I can tell you one of the things that frustrates the recruiting side or challenges the recruiting side a ton is when a candidate said, "Hey, I'm excited about A, B, and C," and we talk with them, and they, and everything's great, and the office C is totally excited about them. And then they are about to go to final rounds with them. Like, you know, I didn't really mean that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I would say is if there's only one place you want to be, tell us there's only one place you want to be. This is going to work out better for everyone. Um, If it's one of those where it's like, hey, look, anywhere, but these are the top three, that's awesome too. Mm -hmm. I think that's super
0: helpful. Kind of on a related note, as folks are thinking about making those types of decisions, who's it important for candidates to get to know through the recruiting process? I mean, a given seems like the recruiting ambassador. Anybody else that they should keep in mind or or think about?
1: I would certainly suggest uh, if you're at a school which has a dedicated recruiter, uh, that person can be an incredible resource for you. Think about them along with the with the ambassadors, kind of not just great resources themselves, but able to open up doors uh, to to others, and and be as uh, transparent as you can be with them. Right? You know, we're here to help you. We want we do not want this to be a hostage taking situation. (laughs) We want people who are incredibly excited to be joining McKinsey to be joining McKinsey, and help us to know. What's on your mind? What are the questions that you have, right? Our, our recruiters, our recruiting ambassadors are amazing. They are not yet masterful at the mind reading skill. So the more that you can just tell them what they should be uh, focusing on what, are the, what matters for you, the better they'll be able to help you.
2: Mm-hmm. The one other point I would make here is advice that I got going through the process that was tough for me to figure out was, Folks said, okay, go to the info sessions, talk to all the people who come and figure out of all the different places you could go work, like where are you where you click, what are the people you, you know, find the people you click with. I found I clicked with a lot of people at a lot of different places and, you know, every place had people I really clicked with and folks I maybe didn't relate to as much. And I think that's okay. But I think there's always a great opportunity at some of these forums where you have actual consultants to talk to them about their job and hear beyond just kind of the myths or what you might hear are on campus, talk to... You know, the BAs and associates talk to the recruiters, talk to the ambassadors um, who work at McKinsey and to find out kind of what the what the real life experience is like.
0: Mm-hmm. In addition to locations uh, and kind of related to that, how should candidates or students on campus think about practices? How does that play into this?
1: I think it starts with if there's something you're excited about and you know that you want to still have a broad experience at the firm but a little bit more focused practices can be a wonderful way to do that because uh, what I would say is it kind of gives you another network right from the get-go to you go back to one of Kelsey's favorite words um, <laughs> and it also kind of gives you another set of fantastic development opportunities to mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of that that broadest question and I think this is this is certainly one where I'd encourage you to talk with colleagues who are who are in those sorts of roles if you're interested in it because you know, as, as an undergrad, I certainly would have had no idea what it would have meant to be a corporate finance business analyst versus being a, just aligned with an office. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think I can tell you now, I'm not <laughs> even sure, but certainly talking with some of the BAs who, who are affiliated with the corporate finance practice will give you that real good sense of what does that actually like, and is that something that you're more excited about?
0: Awesome. If there's one thing as you're like parting words for folks listening about the recruiting process and about the business analyst role, what would you pass along? Good question. I think this is easy to
2: say and harder to hear, maybe, but my best piece of advice as you're thinking about the recruiting process is to view it as a a fun opportunity to come problem solve with some interesting people who are interested in you. Um, I think it's very easy to view the whole recruiting process as super intimidating and there's all these steps and you have to learn how to do these special interviews and write a resume and all these things, but I think what you'll find is along the way there are lots of people who are out there to support you, to have a lot of fun, kind of learn learning about the way you think and the way you solve problems and i really look forward to meeting you
1: i think that's right i mean if you don't like our interview process you aren't gonna like the job right Mm. so take that as a really good sign if if like it's gonna be stressful i'm not gonna be like oh you're gonna consider Mm -hmm. this a walk in the park or anything but if you're like i don't actually enjoy what i'm doing then like you're probably not gonna actually enjoy the role because they're strikingly similar yeah um so i think that's a that's a great great point kelsey i think the other one is just uh remember that there is not a cookie cutter that we want you to fit into we want uh, we want to see who you are we know that we as a firm are at our best when we are bringing in a awesome range of people that have all sorts of different backgrounds and experiences and show us that in you and that that's what we're excited about
0: awesome mark kelsey thank you so much for being here this was really helpful appreciate it
1: thank of course, you thank you sydney
0: To learn more about our business analyst role, how to apply and tons of other information, check out McKinsey.com slash careers.